0: Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear Claire Sheridan in conversation with principal dancer, Vitor Luiz. This interview was recorded on Sunday, February 4th, before a performance of Helgi Thomason's The Sleeping Beauty. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview at the War Memorial Opera House. My name is Claire Sheridan. I'm the founder of the LEAP program at St. Mary's College of California, and I'm your host this afternoon. Our guest today was born in Brazil. He trained at the Royal Ballet School in England and joined the San Francisco Ballet as a principal dancer in 2009. His impressive repertory includes major roles in contemporary works by today's top choreographers and principal roles in ballets such as Giselle, Anyegan, Swan Lake, Don Quixote, and Capella. He is a versatile guy. If you check out the big banner hanging out in front of the opera house, you'll see him as the creature in Frankenstein. And then yesterday yeah, afternoon, me. he was on. Yeah, no resemblance. But then yesterday afternoon, he was on the stage as a dashing and elegant prince in the Sleeping Beauty. With Disney. a
1: lot of more here than <laughs> that picture.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Vitor Luis. Thank
1: you, Thank you very much.
0: How does it feel to have your image so prominently displayed on Van Ness Avenue?
1: It's funny, also when the buses come around and you see yourself and you try to take a selfie but, <laughs> you know, send to your parents or something, you know. But they never recognize me, which is a good thing.
0: Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, who gave you first the idea to take ballet classes?
1: Yeah, it was my dad, he's a musician, a psychoanalyst as well, and my mom is a writer. So arts was something that was always within our family. And although I haven't seen dance before, they could see that me and my sisters, we would love music, and they would play good music in the house. We would just dance in parties. And he realized that I had some sort of gift that I couldn't see then. And he said, well, you know, I, I think you should take one ballet class. And I didn't really want it. But once I was there, I was surprised with... The artistry and all that intrinsic movements, and I was fascinated. Then I saw a show, an actual show, and I realized the dancers, they just transformed themselves so much. that There was some sort of magic that I wanted to pursue to myself, and I, I knew right away. I still give, I have goosebumps, and I still have the image in my head of seeing those dancers, just it was just so wild. And, and the guy, was his name was Vitor Navajo. And he's a Spanish-born choreographer that he had made a, a company in Brazil. He was a, so I was lucky to, to go to the right path right away. And
0: but you, your path was not an easy one. I read somewhere that you had to take a, a travel five hours a day on a bus to get back and forth to yes. ballet class. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that, that hardship, that part of your life?
1: Yeah, um, so I was raised in Petropolis. Petropolis is a small city uh, around Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And uh, because I I wanted more, I wanted to be a dancer, that's my goal. I was about 10 uh, or 11, I decided to take classes in Rio as well. So I would go to Rio, starting twice a week and that was a, a trip and with traffic it was terrible uh, up until the point where i had to go every day and um it, it was tough because you know trying to stretch in the bus you it's or do your homework and eat whatever you can and and the, the it was going up the mountain so you could not sleep either because it was just like this For every corner, you have to just. So I'm pretty good with turbulence nowadays, (laughs) because you know I I managed to just find some rest and 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 then at some point I have to go study in the evening because uh, otherwise I couldn't finish school. Um. So, but that paid off because you know with my and my support, my parents' support, and the good teachers I had, I'm here. So it was all worth it and. You know, I, I recommend. For, I see some little, maybe ballerinas in the future. Yes,
0: the future. I see yeah. some young people here. Um, how how many of you take ballet? Oh uh, yeah. Uh huh. Do you have any advice for these young dancers? No, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think uh, it's only that dances dance choose you. I I think you can't choose to dance. So if it at some point in your life you realize that you can't do anything else but dance, then you might have a you know a chance otherwise it's it's, it's really difficult and you know I, 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 I like to think that there are other art forms that I would love to do and and but dance chose me that's what I, I think and so that's the only advice I have The rest is just... Mere, I don't know. Like, find the right places to go. Really listen to your teachers, and you know, and never forget that it's just a vehicle for you to uh, to become an artist. It's just like a, an actor has to memorize their lines and practice. They will, you know. To, but it's just to to show something else, and that's what we. That's why Sleeping Beauty is a, a ballet that is been around for a hundred years and still not sleeping it's very much uh, awakened because of this uh, passion that we put in and, and what you know the the continuity uh, of one uh, teaching the next generation and and that's that's your next I guess but uh, you know so listening to the coaches is, is very important you never it's a uh, forever experience of learning and that's what's what I like about dance as well
0: you know what um I was visiting a, a local ballet school, and there on the wall was a poster um, with the words "When I dance ballet, I feel dot dot dot." And the young students were supposed to write in a word, complete the sentence. Mm-hmm. And you know the word that they use the most on this "When I dance, I feel free." Uh, they use beautiful. the word "free." And you, some people, you look at a, a ballet class and you say, "Oh, it's so rigid. They're all standing at the bar. There's these rules." Can you explain how a dancer, how ballet can make a dancer feel free?
1: Yeah, I, I I feel free when I'm on stage, much more than when I have to talk in front of people. Uh, I I feel like uh, my voice is a little bit like Kermit the Frog, so I'm trying my best to have a deep lower voice. But and my colleagues know that, uh, so because the, the, they they can hear everything that we say here, and they're always laughing in the background, saying, "Oh, look at what he's saying." So uh, it's
0: piped in da- in the dressing
1: room. Yes, so they. They are just like listening to this. So, merit everyone have a good show um, and stretch your feet. So, uh, so what was the question? Feeling free. Oh, feeling free. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think that's the ultimate goal. You no, know, you practice and practice, and but once you are on stage, you're you have to like be able to convince the audience that you're free. Although there are rules or steps, but. I, I think the, the, what I like to let free is also my soul. I think that's what I... Th- there are moments of things that are not taught to you and that's when the artists come, out, come along and that's what makes you different from the next dancer. And this is where you have the artistic freedom. and And it's a work that every time we have to really think through and so so once it's the, the, the project of a dance is being shown, you have that in your head but it it should be spontaneous so I think the the more spontaneous you are, it, more freedom you And the, have. the
0: technique, the, the exercises give you the strength to to not worry so much. You have the strength yes. and the confidence to control your body and then be as articulate correct. as you can. Correct, mm-hmm. correct.
1: And the studio is where we, we practice all this. So all the mistakes are done in the studio, hopefully. And then, you know, you come to the audience. And, and there is that. And that's for mostly classical work, uh, I would say, because... Uh, We are very lucky here in San Francisco Ballet to have the best international choreographers, the most innovative ones, and they come and they kind of shape on you a dance. And that that feeling is priceless. I think there is... um, I have so many good memories of all these years having that experience with me. And I just want to thank San Francisco Ballet and all those... Uh, choreographers and everybody involved, because it's it's what pays off the, the work and the commute and sleeping like that, and you know it's all worth it. Yes.
0: So onward to Sleeping Beauty. This ballet was first produced in 1890 in St. Petersburg, Russia. Among great ballets, it is considered to be the most classical, and by that we mean precise, rigorous technique. Beautiful line, effortless execution, elaborate costumes and sets. It's a real test of a dancer's athletic skill and artistry. So can you tell us about your character, Prince Desiree?
1: Yeah, I think you guys know this story, Zipinber, right? At this point. You know, it's a very uh, so well-known story. Um, I guess I'm just... the. Guy that saves the day, you know. (laughs) It's (laughs) yeah. Well, not me myself, (laughs) but uh, yeah. So he's the. But but it does have. You have to be careful though, because it's one of the hardest characters to do when you don't have a lot to. You know, there isn't because like Albridge, for example, you have the first act and you are supposed to be some sort of manner, and then in the second act you have a different uh, emotion. For Prince de it's much less to show. But the, the way you have to walk on stage, every position, everywhere you look, how you, everything is so precise that it's one of the hardest to get at first. So it took me some time to develop. And, yes, uh, so... Yeah, the the, the the prince he has really like uh, in this story he's just uh, and and I think it kind of uh, looking back to the where when it started uh, the fairy tale that uh, originated it's the the Sleeping Beauty and the moment where when it was created the man was had a role that was much less important than the ballerina. Uh, at a time, because he was much more as an actor or just like a support to the ballerina, they were dominant because the nineteenth century the point shoes the point work was started so they were the the main thing so you guys are going to see tonight um, the rosadagio, for example, where the ballerina has to stand in one foot while the other cavaliers comes and, and she balances. This is one of the most challenging things for a ballerina, even nowadays. Um, so you will see that, it, of course, dance has evolved, and the main nowadays we are kind of matching that ballerina. But <clears throat> it has a, it, it was a, it is a different uh, time. So you see that the, the prince has he has to be a gentleman in his way of treating, and it's like a court. Cortez uh, courting the the ballerina and and you so you see that very much in the throughout it, the in, ballet. It,
0: when we first meet the prince, though, so he seems a little down, a little. He's looking for something. It's not Correct. just the, the prince is there having a great life, and the lilac fairy says, "Look over there, yeah. we'll, we'll rescue that princess." Yes, yes. But you are looking for something.
1: He is, and they didn't have Tinder at the time, and it was <laughs> was difficult. You know, it was and it's another era. So they had fairies and coming along and finding, you know. Uh, so, but going back to the, the story. Yes, so, you know, long story short, Carabas wasn't invited. Carabas is the main one, you know, and I, I wouldn't invite her either. The main
0: fairy, and I don't think she's going to get invited to the next one. I
1: don't think so. Next yeah. party. Yes, because she's she has issues and and she has... Like, she doesn't get invited to the, I don't know, baby shower or the Christianity or something. And then she's like, okay, you die. I mean, that's... (laughs) I wouldn't do that either. But anyway, so good thing uh, Lilac Fairy saves the day. And she finds the prince... And you know they after they get married and you know they live happily ever after. I think that's a
0: proper fairy tale should be. Yes. Um, if you're just joining us, I am speaking with principal dancer Vitor Luiz, and in a short while we'll be able to take some questions from the audience, so you can be thinking about those. And uh, FYI, Meet the Artist is one of several programs this year offered by the company to you, our dear audience, and to anyone who might be curious curious about ballet, if you go to sfballet.org and click on the Explore tab, you can learn about other events and classes and access videos and resources, including recordings of past MTA videos like this one. Can you talk about uh, how you prepare yourself for the role of the prince versus how you prepare yourself for the role of the creature in Frankenstein? Oh, completely different, but
1: yeah. So we do, um, we have classes offered, ballet classes offered every day. That's like brushing your teeth for a dancer. You have to go through the classical work to do any contemporary piece. We still have that. So that starts right there because some of the the ballet steps we do, the double tours, the turns, they're the same ones that you're going to see here. And so that's uh, the beginning. Then preparing for Sleeping Beauty, you're gonna just learn the, the, the choreography. Uh, they, they sometimes they bring in uh, help from Helgi Thomason uh, which is our director and also the, the choreographer for this, after Marius Petipa. And and so then they will tell the experience and pass on the tradition, which is what I was talking about. So important and. And you try your best to just match that level uh, of expertise. Uh, by the way, I was joking about the prince being, you know, it's just that maybe the character doesn't have a lot of nuances, uh, but the technique does. Uh, you, the solos are extremely hard uh, to make them look flawless. Or it, you really have to train for many, many years. Uh, and its it's a challenge as much as it is for... The, the ballerina. So that's mainly for, for Sleeping Beauty. Now, Frankenstein, uh, when Liam told me that I was going to do the creature... Liam Scarlett. Liam Scarlett, yes. Uh, I was super excited, and then I started to investigate and read and do everything, and I realized that I didn't know anything of the actual Frankenstein story. Uh, we have a very uh, because of the movies we we have, we have some idea of what you think it is and and it was not that at all and and i 'm super uh, super happy with the result on how much he captivated the essence of the book and how wonderful and how amazing all the dancers look and, and how well he showed the story and and you just go through a roller coaster of emotions, because the creature is somehow a mirror of Victor Frankenstein to be, because he was his creation. And and so you have to dig deep in, within yourself and understand what you, would you do in that situation, how would you feel in that situation, and match with how the choreographer's vision have or wants you to to do and and again it was maybe one of the hardest ballets of my life the, my knees were all bruised because there, there is a part where we call the John Travolta slide because it, it just goes to the knee and it, it's like it's,
0: it's hard it's hard
1: don't try this at home no.
0: Well, I was going to ask you what, what has been the most challenging role. Would you say it was Frankenstein? Or I guess they're all different and they challenging different. in their own way.
1: Yeah, but it was one of the the most recent, for sure, was uh, Frankenstein. I think because, uh, you know, having... And I also had an injury a month before. And I came back like that because I really wanted to, to do it. Uh, just So it was... it's It was a gift to have that the chance.
0: The exquisite Frances Chung was your Sleeping Beauty, your Aurora, uh-huh. on uh, Saturday, yesterday afternoon. Um, why, you, you mentioned that Aurora is a very difficult role. How, how else is it, I mean, it's a lot of pressure on a ballerina. Why is that?
1: Yes, well, she dances, uh, except the prologue, she dances in every act. She have what, one, two... Three or more variations and codas and parades and and she's on all the time. So it it it's much more challenging than for the prince that it comes on the second act only, and and because of the classicism and the tutus and it, that it, it, it's it's, um, it's you you know that the, well I mean how many of you have seen Sleeping Beauty before here? Yeah, so you see, like there is a lot of people that knows or expect to see um, a ballet, and you have this idea in your head already. And, and many of you, like, I believe, are also ballet fans, so you you understand what classical ballet is. So there is already a standard that you expect to see. And the dancers themselves, we are very perf- like uh, how do you call it? When you are perfectionist, so we don't want to do. <laughs> bad either so there's that pressure on and but it's a live performance so anything could happen and that's you know you have to learn how to deal with those uh, details I guess it comes with experience so it is a it could be a nerve-wracking for some people uh, role uh, to know that they have so much to accomplish and you know as a I think I just try to take step by step because it's easier that way to me you know Uh,
0: Moving on from the 19th century to the 21st, everyone's very excited about this Unbound series in April and May. The company will be performing performing 12 world premieres by 12 different choreographers. Um, Who have you been working with and what are your impressions so far? Because you're in rehearsal right now, right?
1: Yes, we finished in the summer our creation process and uh, I worked with Miles Stacher, Annabelle Ushua, uh, Edward Liang and Alonso King they're all completely different the ideas and music and uh, you know it was just fantastic to and, and difficult to get all together so I was and, and the, actually we have like 12 new choreographers this year which is unheard of I, I don't know if other companies could do it I'm very proud to be here while we're doing this because as hard as it is, it's also very exciting for the audience and, and it is exciting for the dancers. And I do hope that some of those works can stay in our rep for, for the future. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's so fun to do what I do because you guys, we gotta be outside ourselves for a little bit. And, you know, who knows? One day you're a creature, the other next day you have a wig on and... <laughs> The next, I have. Hor- oh, I shouldn't. Maybe it's a spoiler. No, it's on. Oh, it's being broadcast. So yeah, I have horns for one of the ballets for the Annabelle show, for example, because uh, the Guernica from Picasso is the, the the where she based the, the ballet is called
0: Guernica. So there's yes. a bull image in there.
1: Correct. So
0: it's just like interesting you, well, I let's hope you come back. take a few questions. time really flies when you do these things y- yes, ma'am i 'll repeat the question yes. okay. uh, growing up and training in Latin America, how was it being a, a, a boy in ballet where you teased and, and yeah
1: i I still can 't play soccer. I think it's my I kick the ball and it goes the other way, <laughs> and because I was saying I, I lived in a mountainy place. Every time the ball goes down, it would be so far away. I was like, "Yeah, I don't want <laughs> to go down there. It's, let's play something else. So soccer was never for me. But, yes, dance was not common. I was probably the, f- the only uh, guy in my class for many years. And I hid in the school. I didn't say anything. I said, it's just, you know, why would I bother? Because I would be bullied. And, and until one day, I remember there was... <laughs> this kid and I was taking class and he was like looking at me with some eyes of criticism and I was like oh dear there we go and of course next day in the school he was like you're dancing ballet and I said, yeah so what no what what's the problem and and he was surprised with the with the answer and and then it happened that in the they had some kind of Olympics in the school and they went to... We, had, we were assigned to do the opening of the Olympics and the big hit of, of the time was Macarena. <laughs> yeah. So they had a brilliant idea to make... And they convinced me to dance Macarena on that day. So I remember it was like... Of course I didn't do only the the traditional steps that you all know. I, or maybe not. Or you don't even know what Macarena. The little girls here don't even know. Don't look it up. It's not. It's not that interesting. But uh, so, of course, I did dance steps, but real ones, and they really like it. Uh-huh. And then I became kind of the school celebrity, which you know paid off a little bit. That's good. News. So that's how I, you know, just you just have to, if if you get bullet for something that uh, is just, that when people don't know what's uh, happening, you just have to do these things, and I, I kind of became an advocate on dance in Brazil, because I, I became a professional, and, and I see that many of my colleagues had had worse experiences, I was very lucky to have my parents putting me in dance, but some of them had to hide that they dance, or they just had to start very late in their lives. Uh, hiding clothes, for example, they couldn't show what they're doing because they know they wouldn't be approved. And I know it's not only in South America. I know there is uh, some resistance everywhere, but it was big there. Uh, and but it's it's changing and, and like okay. you know.
0: Well, another question. Let's go over here. Y- yes. How did it feel to do your first performance? And how, how old were you when you did your first performance?
1: Oh, I was maybe 10 to 11. Uh, did you ever perform? Yes? Oh, okay. Did you like it? Yeah, it's also... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't really remember how it felt, because it's been a while. But I remember that was the first time I saw a dance belt. And because I didn't, I didn't know that the guys have to wear that. That's bad. But the, the ones that don't know is, is a little, uh, some protection we have to wear. And it's it's it goes places. And you, that that right there was a, a step that I had to go. Okay, so that's really what I, right I'm gonna message. do. You know. So, but then when I got past that point, because it, it does look better. <laughs> Trust me, you guys, you know, you don't want none of that.
0: And I think uh, one last question, um, there are multiple casts of various sleeping auroras and Prince Desirees. Do you interact with them? Do you work together or you just stay with are you interchangeable
1: yeah sure we I feel like we are kind of a community in the way. Um, some of the rehearsals are together, some are separate, but we learn from our Fellows, colleagues, colleagues as well. Uh, so much. I see, when I see I don't know Carlo dancing, and I, I see something I like on him. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, I, you know. And you might think or consider to incorporate for yourself or not, but you know. So, yeah, we do have. Of course, we have one uh, direction, which is the, the artistic vision from the choreographer Helgi, and, uh, and knowing that we have to follow the classical ballet. But everybody can, you know, tweak a little here and there. Uh, so, yeah, and, and and we also try to help each other out a lot, which is a good thing in this place. I think we, we're all, like, we know that dance is uh, somehow competitive. But there is no gratitude when you're just, like, holding the... The knowledge to yourself. I mean, I, I try to work with my partner specifically. Uh, if I see Francis, for example, Frances and I think there is something that I can add, I, I suggest, and, you know, she can use it or not. And, of course, respecting the ballet masters first. And um, so, and the same thing to me, is if she sees something that doesn't look so good, she will come and say, eh, I don't think so. I think you, <laughs> you know... <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, folks, we are out of time. So please now join me in thanking our guest today, principal dancer, Vitor Luis.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For other podcasts and audience engagement programming, please check out sfballet.org slash explore.